I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. And in today's episode of the Stephen and Kevin Show, we're going to talk about the difference between large and small markets. We're going to talk about whether or not you should disconnect from a client if they leave you. And how to convert a social prospect into a real business opportunity. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 11 of the Stephen and Kevin Show. Kevin, welcome. Yeah, glad to be here. We're excited about today's episode. We've got three questions coming straight from you, our audience, and these come from hashtag Ask Stephen and Kevin. So if you haven't asked a question yet, do so on Instagram or Twitter or email us. That's fine, too. Now, before we get started today, we found an article on Mashable that we think is pretty interesting, and the article is titled, People Will Think You're a Jerk If You End Texts With a Period Scientific Study finds it's a pretty interesting study where they, i gotta say when i first heard this i had a total eye roll and i don't i didn't buy it even though they <laughs> added the disclaimer scientific study finds well they have to add that <laughs> and it is an actual scientific study that they did um and and what they found is that there were when people were sending messages especially like one word messages like sure fine if you ended it with a period people felt like it was less sincere which is yeah. interesting and when you read the article you can look it up it's on mashable but mm-hmm. it's uh they do make a pretty solid point that we convey a lot of emotion via text, yeah. and people do so with emoticons. We talked about that in a previous episode, mm-hmm. but they also do so with punctuation, period, exclamation point. Yeah. They found and, that once with exclamation points, people actually thought those were more sincere. So if you said, sure, exclamation point, I, mean, I could see that. You know? I think it's just the formality, too. I mean, you don't need to put a period to after, after each sentence and... And being a little less formal on well, through texting. I think right? back in the day when I first started texting, a, a fairly formal texter, capital letters, punctuation marks. My sister says, "Hey, it's not how texting works. Lay off all the formalities." Yeah, I'm pretty now formal. She's got the research to back it up. So, uh, yeah, take that for what it's worth. Hey, today we've got three topics for you all. We're going to start off with how does prospecting change? And this comes from. Uh, mm. Maybe we should actually use the cards that we have here, the nice, the nice cards that. Uh... Uh, this is from at Jay Huseman, and his question is essentially: How does prospecting change for small markets versus uh, large markets? Mm. So I think it's a really good question because we get this all the time from the advisors that we work with that call in here and they say, you know, I'm in Sioux Falls and things are different here in Sioux Falls, right? As opposed to this someone who's in Chicago or New York or a bigger market. And we've done research on this um, with affluent investors and we've asked them the difference between, you know, uh, some who are in a small market, less than a thousand people and those who are in a million plus people market. Um, and there are some some slight differences here in, in terms of the affluent in those markets. And I think there's two ways to look at this strategically. If you're an advisor in a smaller market, you can look at it as Woe is me. You know, I wish it'd be different if I were in a big growing market. Um, and some people have that, that mentality, but we think it's more helpful to have it with the mentality of, I'm going to dominate this market. Yeah. And we've dealt with some really big advisors in smaller markets, and that's their mentality. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the go-to advisor in this community. And we, we wrote an article on this a while back. We pulled it out for the purposes of today's show. We gave we five tips for small market prospecting. And we're going to walk you through those five tips today. And um, starting with... Number one, you want to develop big market positioning with a small market trust factor. What does that mean? Fancy title. But (laughs) uh, you're basically, you're the hometown person. You're the trusted professional in the area, but you still want to position yourself as you're able to bring big market advice to a small town community. 
Now, how do you do that? You don't go around bragging about how smart you are or how great your firm is or how long they've been around or how many experts you have. No, you put together educational events. Mm. We talk a lot about intimate client events, the fun stuff, but also there's helpful to put together, um, you know, smaller scale ed- educational events, whether it's on market update or how to use Apple devices or mm, that's good, you know, LinkedIn training, which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes, but be the go-to expert on topics that are pertinent to personal finance. Perfect. Number two here, uh, Stephen just took mine. Become a local LinkedIn expert. Uh, what's interesting in our study is that 66% of the affluent in small markets, again, markets with less than 100,000 people, use LinkedIn. Uh, I think there's a real need for LinkedIn training right now. People will appreciate it. You can come in, add value that way, and start building relationships. Number three, be assertive with longtime contacts. And if you're in a smaller market, you can relate to this. You probably know or know of most everybody in town. And that's okay. There's some familiarity there. But we cannot take for granted that they know exactly what you do or how you do it or who your services are built for. So take an opportunity to make that call and say, Kevin, you know, it, uh, it's been a while since we called up professionally. Mm-hmm. Let's have a lunch and just compare notes on what you're doing and what I'm doing. Right? And people will take you up on that. I think it's good stuff. Um, Number four here is build your expertise. What we found in our study right here is that uh, it was 48 or 49% of the affluent in small markets have a financial plan created by a CFP. Um, As opposed to larger markets, uh, it was 55%. So I think there's an opportunity to uh, obviously um, constant being a knowledge worker, getting your CFP, differentiating yourself that way. There is a a lack of uh, the affluent who have a, a... plan to design by a CFP, and you can come in and start taking some of that market share. You bet. And lastly, if you tap out your market, uh, prospect a vacation market. Hmm. Hey, I mean, a lot of times you may have a house at a lake, at the beach, in the mountains, wherever it might be. There are probably prospects there who have second homes, Yep. and these are viable prospects for you. So uh, for those of you out there in a smaller market, there's light at, that, at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. There's opportunity there. Now, shifting Good question. Gears. Thank you for that question. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for everyone who's joining us via Periscope. I know you're kind of uh, hanging out with us here. We appreciate it on this Friday <laughs> afternoon. Um, and uh, again, if you have a question, use hashtag Ask Stephen and Kevin on Facebook. Or sorry, on Twitter and on Instagram. Here's question number two from at NJ Sutton one If a client leaves an advisor, should the advisor remain connected with them on LinkedIn? Essentially, your take on that, Mister LinkedIn. I think this is – I love this question. I, I don't think I've ever gotten this no, question. No, I, I can say I haven't either. But um, I think this is – I don't think there's any black and white here. I think this is a gray area. A lot of preface coming up here. Do you know? I, I'm waiting for uh, it. And I I think that if it was a, you know amiable, it wasn't like a, a nasty divorce there with that client, right? I think you should stay connected with them. I, I think that you're going to stay top of mind. You never know something might happen. And they come back to you at a later date. You're posting consistent content. They're seeing you on a regular basis. I say you stay connected. I agree uh, completely. And how many, how many times have you seen an advisor who's been around a long time in the industry? They lost a client 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and the client comes back at some point in time. It happens. Yeah. And I'm envisioning someone, too, who says, you know what? Your fees are too high. I'm going to be a do-it-myself or I'm going to do it myself. And then the markets, we hit a, a bear market, and they want to come back. Sure. And there's a lot of reasons yep. why you get left, and it's not always nasty. Yep. And finally, question number three. We're going to take a little bit of time on question number three because 
It is a question we get all the time. All the time. And it's a fantastic question. We have a lot of verbiage and language we want to share with you on how to tackle this. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially, and this is from at Social Advisors, how do you convert social relationships to business relationships? Now, let's paint the picture here. I mean, we we get calls literally every day from advisors who want to convert more of their community involvement into new business opportunities. Mm -hmm. They've been involved at the the country club. They've been involved in civic organizations. They know a lot of people, but not a lot of those people are becoming clients. Yeah, and and I guess there's a fear a lot of times where they don't want to approach them about business because now were they disingenuous throughout the entire you know, relationship building process with that person. And they were just really going after their business. And they, they have this fear of doing that. Um, the fear of being salesy. Fear you know, of being salesy. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what it is. Um, you know, I, I had this conversation recently with a client and about one particular prospect. And the question that I asked the client, um, who's the advisor, is I said, well, what's their wife's name? It's kind of just kind of quiet. He said, okay, um, what do they do for fun outside of playing golf at the country club? Kind of quiet. What's their kids' names? Kind of quiet, and they didn't have a response to it. And so what I told him is that I don't think you've built enough social equity with that person to a point where you've earned the right to, to take this you know, personal relationship that you, you claim is a personal relationship and really convert it to business. You haven't learned enough about that person yet. And that was and, kind of my little test for it. Well, I, I think that's valid. And, and so let's, let's tackle that issue first. How well do you have to know somebody to go after their business? Mm-hmm. And we all know on one end of that spectrum, there are some advisors and some sales professionals in a lot of different occupations who the first time we meet, we're pitching. Right. Right? I'm going to put my cap on. And the first time we meet, Kevin, <laughs> so who's managing your money? What kind of cap is that? Yeah, this is my sales cap I'm yeah, putting on. Yeah. Who's managing your money? Or... Or, you know, uh, are you an investor? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, would you be open to coming in? I mean, people pitch too quickly sometimes. That happens to be a very small percentage of the industry. Right. Uh, and everybody avoids them, and nobody else wants to be like them from a sales perspective. The, the much bigger issue that we see are people that they do have the connections. They knew, do know people well enough socially. They just don't muster up the courage to ask. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make it sound easy when we go through some of the language we're going to role play here. We're going to make it seem like, oh. We know, are, we're role playing? Uh, we are. <laughs> Memo to you. Uh, and we know in real life it does take some guts to use this language. You know, here, here's something that we've heard from Matt Oxley over the years, and I think it's a great piece of advice. And he says, if you've got, if you've got the fear that you're going to ruin the relationship, let's say Kevin and I are friends. I'm an advisor. He's the, he's the prospect. And I'm just scared that if I ask him to do business with me, that he's never going to talk with me again. Matt's comments always, if me simply saying, Kevin, I'd like to visit with you professionally, or are you open with that at some point having a lunch with you and Michelle? If that ruins the friendship, Kevin was not a friend to begin with. That's right. And we've coached so many people into more active social prospecting campaigns. It's Mm -hmm. been a big focus of ours for a long, long time. I can say I've never gotten a call back from somebody who says, thanks a lot, Boswell. Ruined friendship. (laughs) Yeah. Nice work. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So a lot of that stuff is mental. It's it's in our head more than anything else. But I do think you have to get to a point with someone where you have earned the right to ask. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's the, let's let's paint the picture here. There's three scenarios we're going to walk through today where it might be appropriate to go after someone's business. Mm. So let's say you're heavily involved in your Rotary Club or you're heavily involved in your kid's sports and you know there's some people there you'd like to have as clients. Let's first and foremost find some windows of opportunity for you to have that conversation very naturally. Right. 
Well, one of those is going to be just people who are asking – they know what you do for a living and they ask you questions about the markets or the economy or about a particular stock or anything like that. And then being able to take that question and actually turn it into an opportunity rather than taking a deep breath and telling them everything you know about that topic. And, and look, you're very knowledgeable about that. But instead, you want to be able to what we call you know redirect it into a business opportunity. So in this scenario, I know you want to do some role playing here. I'm not. I'm not big into role playing. Stephen's big into role playing. <laughs> but um, let's say that I'm the prospect. Stephen's the advisor. I'm not sure if you've got enough money. <laughs> hey, come on. What do you want me to go to Schwab or something? You, you are not, wearing the tie today, so maybe uh, you did, are. Yeah. Did you guys notice that I am wearing a tie, just a little classier than Boswell? I just took mine off about three minutes ago. So, by the um, way. so again, scenario, scenario is you know I'm the I'm the prospect. You're the advisor, and we know each other socially and. And I say, Stephen, so what, what do you think about the markets right now? How do you go about responding? Well, uh, we look at this in three phases, by the way, gang. And I'm going to go through the language in just a second. First, I want to acknowledge what he said. You're going to see me shift gears, talk a little bit about maybe how we're dealing with this with clients. And then I'm going to shift gears once more and put it on him to maybe meet with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to do this, try, even though it's late Friday afternoon, right. to do this conversationally and not salesy, right? So if mm-hmm. he's asking me what's the, you know, what's the markets doing this week, I'm going to say, you know, whatever the markets are doing. Oh, you know, Kevin, it's been a, a volatile week this week. The last few weeks have been really interesting, especially this week with the, the Fed raising rates for the first time in, in forever. We've just been working real closely with our clients, making sure they're protected from some of this craziness out there and looking for opportunities for them. And, you know, I, I know we haven't had this conversation before, but would it make sense for us to get together and, and talk through what your family is doing financially just to make sure you all are protected as well? Now, I love that language. So, I mean, it's, it, that was really conversational. You can see how, uh, you know, granted, not every conversation is going to go quite that quickly, and mm-hmm. there may be some interaction in the in, in amidst all that. Uh, but you notice I didn't railroad Kevin here. I right. didn't say, great, yeah, been real volatile, working hard with our clients. We need to be working with you, buddy. Yeah. I mean, there's some markets where that might play, but not most. I, I, right? You know, that, that's <laughs> interesting. Actually, can I, get it? can I get something for a second here? Uh-oh. Let me get a little, little prop here. Oh, boy. Bringing out the props. I saw this sitting in the back. Oh, uh, look at this. It's a hat that says, beware of financial advisor. Yeah, and, so uh, that's what you may be wearing when, uh, actually, when you, you put on that. that uh, yeah. Hey, Kevin, when are we going to meet, buddy? When are we going <laughs> to meet? Yeah, that's, we need to get together. You just earned that And hat. you don't want to be that person. But if you do this conversationally, uh, it can work. And you want to be on the lookout. Anytime somebody brings something up about the markets, or a specific stock, mm-hmm. or if you're good, even some of these political conversations that we know you're a part of now, don't get sucked into that. Even if you and the person you're talking to are on the same political side of the aisle, it's not helpful to get into overly detailed political conversations. I, I totally agree. So um, shift gears. The, one of the, the segues we like there is, may I make a suggestion? So Stephen mm-hmm. gave me a little bit of commentary about the volatility and yada, 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 and then he could say, you know, may I make a suggestion? And you wait. I have to wait for a response. He's you're supposed to say, sure. Uh, sure. Yeah, and most people will say, sure, right? Um, and then, you, you know what? Love to sit down with you, take a look at your situation, just make sure you're moving in the right direction. Sounds like you have a lot of questions. Right. And that's so it. the more you practice this kind of language, with any of the scripting that we go over as part of this uh, this show or any other coaching and, and training that we do, 
we impress upon you to practice it. You feel a little silly writing this stuff down and, and re- rehearsing it. Yeah. But the better you know the language, the more likely you are to use it in what can be kind of a sticky situation. Yep. You're talking to Mr. or Mrs. Big at on the soccer sidelines, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You don't want to screw it up. You get a little nervous. But if you know the language, it's easier to get across. So that was scenario one, right? And that's more topical kind of conversations. Now, what about scenario two? Scenario two has been around since the beginning of sales. You're looking for money in motion. You're looking mm-hmm. for life or, or business changes. So if somebody's talking to you and they're, you know, we know the obvious ones. Like if Kevin tells me he's selling a business or if you Kevin, have to be asleep to I not mean, get that, right? Oh, really? Good for you. <laughs> right. Must be nice coming right. into all that money. Yeah. Uh, no, you're going to capitalize on that one. But be thinking beyond that. You'll be thinking about family changes, a new birth of a child, a new grandchild, uh, moving houses, selling real estate. Any number of things that puts money in motion. Absolutely. And the same formula applies as far as how you transition here. Mm -hmm. You acknowledge, you redirect on how this has worked for your clients typically. And then you you shift gears. You many close. So uh, you want to take this one? I'll try. Kevin. (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll give you a layup here. Okay. An absolute layup. (laughs) Well, you know, we've been real busy, Kevin, selling off a couple investment properties we've had in the family for a long time. But other than that, uh, you know, life is good. How have you been? I think things are, are going well. Hey, look, Stephen, I know we haven't really talked a lot of business in the past. We work with a lot of clients who have sold properties. We've seen people make a lot of mistakes, and we've seen people, um, you, know, you know, do really well as well. And, you know, I'd love to sit down with you, just make sure you have all your financial ducks in a row as you're, as you're selling those. Right. So Kevin's acknowledging what I'm going through. Right, mm-hmm. he has seen people go through this before, and by the way, that might be a good time to to share a relatable story. Yeah, if you if you had a story, that would be a great idea. Give them an actual. Oh story yeah, there. that reminds me. We had a client a while back had a you know he had 150 investment properties, and and helping him wind that down to generate more income and, and more stability for his family in retirement was really uh, you know was really rewarding. Mm-hmm. You know, may I make a suggestion? You know, there's all, you can see how so much of the language here is interchangeable in what we're going through yeah. and how we're trying to take things, um, you know, conversationally. But let's shift gears for the fourth one. So on this fourth one. The fourth one. Third one. Third one. Sorry. Ooh, so again, it's third? late in the week, gang. Yeah. Um, so this, this third, third one, one is my favorite one. Is, is just because. Just because. Because you have earned enough social equity with someone. You, you haven't had a topical conversation or, you know, an opportunity like that to redirect. So in this case, you're just going to ask to talk business. Obviously, this is someone that you know likes, trusts, respects you, and now you're going in. And we've heard all types of language around this one. My, my favorite one is just, you know, Stephen, we've never had a chance to visit with you about what we do professionally. Can mm. I take you to lunch sometime? Sure. I love, I love, Where do I sign? <laughs> yeah, I love the visit with you, though. It's, it's just so, so natural, you know. Yeah, and I think acknowledging, first and foremost, that you haven't, you know, here's, Kevin gave a little bit of a lead into the conversation without really building it up too much. Mm -hmm. And this is when things get awkward. If you want to know how to appear salesy, wrap too much language around that statement. Okay. So if, you know, if he had said, if we had the same uh, exact conversation, except for if he had started off by saying, you know, Stephen, uh, you know, I'm not sure who you've been working with over the years or, or what your financial situation is or, or if you have any reservations at all about working with friends. But, you know, as you know, we've we started out at XYZ Firm and we've now found a home over here and we're really happy where we are. And, you know, we, we've worked with over the years a lot of friends and family. Hey, by that point. I'm wondering what's going on. Yeah, like what's I, he winding up for yeah, here? You know, yeah. he's about to give me a pitch. Let's hit him with the, the punchline. Yeah. We can all tell when you're on the phone or you're in person with someone, 
you can tell when they're winding up for something. Another one that we've heard that it might seem a little a little corny, but was actually really effective is, you know what, Stephen? I'd love a, an opportunity to put my professional cap on and run a few things by at this some cap, point. This cap, sir? Not, not, <laughs> not this cap, but uh, I, like, I like that language, too. I mean, just, hey. And the thing about the professional cap is it implies that you can take that off. Right. right. And what do you do, Kevin? Let me Kevin? put it on and let me take it off. Yeah. So let, let's say they want you to take it off. Let's say if I'm the prospect there, I say, no, thanks. Uh, I'm all taken care of. We've worked with this advisor for years. We're happy. How do you handle that? Well, then you go back. You say, hey, maybe you didn't hear me the first time. <laughs> right? No, no. But no, what you do is you just totally, absolutely drop it. But you but you leave on your front foot. So you say, hey, well, look, the offer still stands. Do you ever want someone to take a look at things? Happy to do it. And hey, man, those Panthers. Wow. Undefeated right now. Right. And you, you really, really, uh, you know, take the bite away out of that. If yeah. you're worried about it being awkward, plan your segue out even before you give them the initial ask because that's, uh, that's the only thing that's going to make this not click. Now, what's the reaction we get from people who go out and try this more frequently than maybe they had in months and years past? They're pretty amazed at how effective it can be. People are willing to take them up on it. And yeah. if you get yourself mentally psyched up for it, like, hey, this is kind of a game, and I'm going to get some no's. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can stomach a few no's. You're going to get some wins as well. So those were our three today. I mean, number one, yeah, pretty much stay connected with a client even if they dump you. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, number one was small versus large markets. But uh, Sorry, number two, I'm going to keep calling you out. <laughs> you look, this is what happens when you do it on late Friday afternoon. You get a little groggy. Uh and lastly, how do you prospect somebody socially? Work on your language. Make mm-hmm. it conversational. And, and, and again, we make it sound like it's you know no big deal. Just ask everybody. It takes some courage. So muster up that courage and just ask. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. We have a podcast. Check it out on iTunes. Uh, you have a question, use hashtag AskStephen and Kevin. You can use it on Twitter. You can use it on Instagram. And we are doing that same giveaway from episode 10. So ask a question. Some people have already taken us up on it. Thanks, everyone.